Welcome to Wild Pitch, a show dedicated to the Chicago Fantasy Baseball League. I'm Derek Van Riper here with my two favorite guys, Dominic Piscatello and Matthew Wentz. Sit back, open a beer, and enjoy the show. Hello, Foot Clan, and welcome to episode 41. Today is Thursday, March 11, 2021. Happy 311 Day to all of you out there. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, the executive producer, the best in the business, the problem solver himself, the man that can send an email out and clean it up as ask anyone's questions as fast as he can and multiply tasks while he's working on the toilet and doing listening to Eno Saris during a podcast all at the same time. He is the commissioner, the kid for the win, the great Matt Wentz. How are you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing well. I, I will say though, I, I did I felt very um, I was a little nervous at work because I spent a lot of time emailing out and texting out, but I, um, I, we have tablets we use for everything. So I kind of just put my phone by the tablet and made it look like it was working. So uh, regardless of that, I, 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 I felt a little bad, but um, I did do a lot of work today and I, I, we, we were pretty busy. So I, I didn't get everything accomplished by writing that email, but I think I got the gist of it. Um, but I'm having a beer and I was just thinking about this. So I'm having a nitro uh, uh, Guinness with coffee in it. So nitro coffee Guinness, I guess. Right. And this is like you, yeah, oh, it's really good. Creamy and everything. So this would be like associated with like St. Patrick's day, right? You would say we should have a beer associated with every holiday. Like 4th of July should be like a crisp lager. And like, they should promote loggers for 4th of July. And for like, for Easter, there should be hazy IPAs. And for like, you know, Christmas, you got your, you know, your, you know, your darker beers, maybe, you know, your, you know, spices in them. Halloween, you got your, you know, Halloween, you got your, your Oktoberfest, I guess, kind of whatnot. I mean, every holiday should have a beer, like Veterans Day or like, you know, you know, President's Day, Valentine's Labor Day. Day. I don't, Labor Day. Yeah. I don't know what kind of beer you would have for like Valentine's Day or like Labor Day, but you know, every holiday, like National Pretzel Day should have a beer too, I guess maybe, but yes, they should do that, but I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm getting excited. Uh, for uh, next Saturday, um, I'm looking forward to that. Just you know, ready to get drafted. You know, kind of done looking at my Google Docs and listening to all these podcasts. It just makes me want to draft. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> I know, I know it's 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 your Christmas. So you're a little over a week away from your Christmas. So I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. All right, our other co-host is the in the former intern the jester himself the high nooner max janice how are you doing tonight max enjoying a pineapple high noon Ooh. on a late night podcast so good choice good choice yeah it's it's just another day in paradise guys that's right just living the dream man just living the dream all right our guest tonight is mr vegas himself the number cruncher himself not to be confused with uh, Gus's uh, count himself, but a number cruncher himself. Uncle Memo, how are you doing tonight? You know, it's truly glorious. Pretty happy to be here. Well, thank you uh, for making time with the kid on the podcast with us. Yeah, yeah no, no problem, problem at all. Does he sound kind of staticky or is it just me? He does. Okay. But just All keep right. talking. Maybe it'll go away. All right. So this podcast will have Google Docs, 
update. Uh, we'll break down Memo's team, uh, the topic, and then uh, Memo will pick guest uh, divisions. So before we get to that, we have any Google Doc updates? Uh, as far as I, uh, everything's updated right now. I did the the last trade that Scott made. Sean, me, and uh, Scott, Scotty, uh, sorry, uh, I blanked there, um, have all give us our franchise tag. I'm, I'm dying to see if Gus would pay you or um, Chris to actually do that. That'd be a first. I'd laugh, but um, <laughs> if he did, that'd be funny. Um, anyways, yeah, so that, that is a franchise. Did he? Yes, at 909. Oh, I, I, that's not updated in there. Sorry, okay. Max. So Max is nice. Gary Cole. Uh, oh, sorry, real fast. You guys, so I got to find that story and give it to you. Like Gary Cole, the way that like he is, that was a good story. I know I talked to the other day about it, but I'm going to find them and send that out to you guys. That was a really good story. Um, but yeah, that's it. And then I'll keep updating as goes. Again, I know we're uh, possibly thinking about doing a Zoom thing, which is, you know, whatever. If we do it that way, that, that's fine. Um, Yahoo's going to still be updating. So just keep an eye on that to find that. Just go to the players, go uh, to click your team and click hitters. You can see your hitters, hit pitchers. You can see your pitchers and make sure that's all good. And everyone's going to have some extra players except for Memo um, because uh, the Memo has the most AAA players and the most AAA players to draft. So if you have no AAA players to draft or you already have AAA players, you're going to see some extra random players on your team. And those guys will be taken off before the season starts. That's all. Well, thank you, as always. We appreciate it. All right, Uncle Memo, um, tell us about your team as of now and what you want to get out of the draft and how you see it, you know, possibly going after the draft. So, and then we will each ask you a question. So, the, the floor is yours. You know, I apologize, but the connections planned. How, how's it sound on your? You break up. You break yeah, up. Um. Do you, do you want, want me to? Or do you want me to? If you think uh, re dropping and reconnecting will will work, it's up to you. Yeah, let, let me try. Yeah, yeah, okay. I can trim this out. Memo, are you gonna drop off? He hasn't dropped off yet. No, it says he's connected. Unless he did drop off and it just. No, once it, from what I, I, yeah, I mean, maybe, I don't know, but I would think it just cut him off. Every, you know, eggs. There he okay, goes. There he goes. We're all thinking it, right? Yes. 
that memo. It's, oh, it actually sounds better on my end already. Yes, Sweet. yes, that's that's much better. So, hey, um, wait, wait, hold on. Just say a couple of things, man. We'll say like uh, Sally sells seashells by the seashells or some shit. So back, you know, back in the day when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I wish, stop and wish I was a kid. Again. Beautiful. That, that's great. That's better. <laughs> <laughs> that, all right, that was, I didn't, I didn't think of that. Well, no, right. I met uh, Max. Uh, Tom, oh, memo. Go in three, two, one, go. All right, Memo, tell us about uh, your team and uh, as of now and what you uh, like to get out of the draft and, okay. you know, possibly get some – So that. do you mind if I start with my 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 prosper, what my game plan for the draft is, and then kind of go into my team from there? Absolutely. Yeah. So the, um, the last two years I, I went for it pretty hard. I tried the starting pitcher experiment where all of them basically almost blew out elbows consistently. Two years ago, which uh, was pretty bad, um, but last year I was able to get a third place finish, which is pretty good. Um, didn't sold off almost all of my outsets except for my AAA guys, and I think this year I'm in a spot where I've got some interesting players, uh, but probably not enough of them. But I feel like I have enough starting value where I can maybe be competitive if my AAA guys come through basically be a little something. So going into the, the preseason, what I wanted to do was get – I valued more people on two-year contracts than I did on one-year contracts uh, just because, you know, I guess if we're going to the late 90s or early 2000s of White Sox, I, I feel like my kids are going to basically be able to play. Uh, I've got some good AAA guys coming up. So made some trades to trade from some pretty solid one-year uh, pitchers for one two-year player, pitcher, well, Giolito, um, got a good second baseman, uh, also a White Sox because I'm, you know, above all things, a homer, and wanted to make sure I was in position to still contend or still be on the fringes of contending this year, but really set myself up for, for future years for it. So I think some of the moves I made were around that. Uh, going into preseason, I also wanted to make sure I went in there with a very solid outfield I felt like there was going to be some pretty high-end guys, but the secondary tier outfielders, I just didn't really feel confident in. I just wasn't really, I wasn't really feeling it too well. Uh, I have a couple decent prospect outfielders that I felt good with. I felt like if I stuck with what I had with uh, Eloy, uh, Conforto, and then basically the the cast of people I have, um, made a trade, which I'm sure you guys will mock me for a little bit later. Um, to get Buxton, who broke his tooth today, but you know apparently he's got a cap on it, so he'll be fine. Um, but really wanted to get good tradable assets. Uh, I guess going into the draft, what my plan to do is contend, try to do as, as best I can. If I get strike fire, I can call Vaughn up when when he starts, and it looks like he's going to be pretty close to starting the season. Um, maybe not Torkelson, but my catcher from Baltimore will probably come up mid-year. And if I'm close and those guys are, are doing well, um, I have the option of kind of going all in and pulling them all up. Uh, I've got the four-year contracts really available to go ahead and do that. Um, or if it's not going so well, sell off the assets, keep all those guys in my AAA. Uh, hopefully their guys do well. Uh, call them up all next year and start off with a really good run. Uh, so I guess that's my, my feeling from it. With regards to my team, just my outfield depth is fine. Uh, I don't think it's spectacular, but I think it'll be one notch above of, above good. Uh, I think not 
not doing the Castellanos and getting Moncada uh, was smart. It gave me a little bit extra money. Uh, I think I had enough outfielders based upon what I was doing. I think I got a solidified second base. Uh, I I think I only have three first basemen on my team right now. So I definitely have a spot for uh, one or two going forward. And uh, I don't know. I, just, I feel like I'm going to have fun this year no matter what. I think I've got to go from there. I I honestly thought you were joking about Buxton. But, yeah, he's day-to-day with a mouth injury. <laughs> oh, yeah. He didn't hear that. He chipped a tooth. And I, I, I even told Memo. He texted me about it. He's like, like I think he's going to be fine. He's going to have a crown, right? He got, yeah, a, he crown. got a crown. I mean, literally, like – I have, I have to follow the, the twins on Twitter. Anyways, like I'm trying to collect uh, Minneapolis outfielders as well. But holy cow, I, like he got hurt already in the preseason. Like, come on, eating steak? Like, first of all, you're... Yeah, that was pretty funny. Like, what kind of steak is he exactly. eating? Exactly. What are you doing? Bone in, bone in steak. Oh, <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. maybe. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's, that's your guy. I guess I will start us off, Memo. Uh, actually, two questions. Uh, first question is, are you going to draft Polly this year on your team? And then uh, the second one is, um, you kind of hinted at it. Um, if you are playing for next year, uh, why would you make? Why did you make that Buxton trade and buy him for eighteen? If you plan on playing for next year, which will end up costing you an additional eleven, so paying uh, twenty nine dollars in assets. For him, is you feel like that's about market price, or is that way too much for him? Oh, it's, if it's twenty nine bucks, it's, it's way too much for for what he is for it. But but quite frankly, like I just have a feeling that look, Buxton for about two weeks last year was the man, the myth, the legend that everyone thought he would be, and I just have this this I I've read some stuff. I, I felt like if the season would have continued. He would he would be showing more and more of what it is, and you know it's sample size. I know his um, batting average on balls in play was was difficult, and I know there's some some advanced metrics are kind of back and forth on it. He's a, in our league a ten or eleven dollar player, um, and quite frankly, I, I won't do anything with him next year anyway. But all that being said, I just feel like he's he's got a shot, and literally with him. Uh, Kirilov basically in that outfield as well. If they take off, they feed off of each other. Um, you know, I love my White Sox. I, I've, I've always supported the, the Twins because of Joe Nathan. Um, and we're going to be going from there. Oh, actually, I, I do have a, an announcement. My name will be changing as well. Uh, it looks like I'm trying to buy the naming rights to a team, but we'll we'll see what happens here. Oh. And are you drafting Polly? So, uh, unfortunately, probably. I mean, as long as he's first base eligible and I can get him for a dollar, he'll, he'll be on my bench. Son of a bitch. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, Max, what's your question? Um, mine kind of goes around the GM survey, and uh, you were voted most likely to punt a category, I believe. And whether that's true or not, maybe not true this year. Or if you are rebuilding, you might as well punt three or four categories. Um but what what categories do you think is most beneficial to punt or would hurt you the most if you punted? Um, what category would I think is the most beneficial to punt? I actually think the easiest the easiest category to punt is a category that's the hardest to project, which to me is quality starts. 
it, it seems like if you can get, you know, three or four solid starting pitchers, get two to four quality starts, sometimes it feels like it's enough to at least start a tie. I mean, you actually had this conversation, I think, earlier this week. It's, it's something that yeah. if you just get three good starting pitchers, you know, it, it works. Um, and I think it might be the, a decent way to go. Uh, I, I still think there's something to the math of uh, whip and ER or whip and um, Dave's more than anything else. I think those are the hardest ones to actually win well. Uh, and the problem with with kind of punting on pitching is like all it takes is one opening day or one starter that goes nine innings and pitches you know a two hitter. Then all of a sudden you're you're in a world of hurt if you can't kind of battle back from that. Um, but it seems like it it worked once ten years ago, so I feel like I should try it again. Maybe the problem with the offensive categories is you can't punt homers because then you punt runs and RBIs. You can't punt uh, RBIs because then you're punting homers for the most part. Uh, stolen bases maybe you can punt, but like the Bucks didn't play was to help try to offset that. I mean, I think I have a, a decent amount of sneaky steals that, that are probably going into this year. Um, I don't know. So I, I, I hope I answered that question. Yeah, I think it's – I think I think people always lean towards saves and um, steals as, like, the categories to punt. But after the discussion that we had, I, I quality starts, I agree, especially this year. I think quality starts is going to be the hardest thing to project. Um not only based on all these rumors of six-man rotations, but, you know, usage of last year. And basically all these pitchers are coming off the DL because or IL because they just didn't throw a yeah. lot last year. Yeah, it's absolutely so, the case. I, I can't imagine, you know, especially toward the beginning of the year, that may, being that many quality starts. So I, I felt it's one of the reasons why I wasn't too concerned with trading two quality starting pitchers this year um, to get one for next year because I actually feel like, there's more value in a pitcher going into next year than there is this year. Cool. Yeah, I thought that's a very good answer. You know, because like you said, typically most people say stolen bases, saves uh, are typically the answers for punting. So to hear the quality starts, like you said, is I think it's going to be very interesting at the beginning of the year. Um, if, how hard they're going to come about, you know, we might be wrong, but we shall see. Mm. So, uh, Maddie. Yeah, Mel, I was, uh, I think there's been a couple of podcasts where I've actually talked about your team. I like it, you know, necessary. That, that's not saying that I like, this is the team I would love to have going into the season and the money you have isn't really a lot, but for the most part, like you're still going to have, um, you know, Eloy and, and I'm, I guess I, I should preference this by saying, I think you were rebuilding. You might not be, but I feel like you are. And, you know, I feel like you kind of have your ebbs and flows. Like there's a couple of seasons you're in like, you know, last place or down in the bottom. And then the next season you're back up in the playoffs or, you know, you're, you're one of the top, you know, four or five teams, which is, which is fantastic to see. That's how, you know, sometimes in this kind of quote unquote uh, keeper slash dynasty league we have, that's kind of what happens. You kind of have to rebuild some years, but you got some fantastic pieces that Lucas Giolito thing, how you just said it was really, I think it's a smart move. Um, 
not, like not sure I, I was on board with that trade at the beginning, but that's, that's a smart move, I think. I love your AAA guys, all of them. Even keeping Rutschman for the time you have, I think he's gonna, you know, probably blossom to a, a good catcher. I hope, yeah. you know, they did have like they did have God before and and Baltimore, and that <laughs> kind of failed for them. But we'll see. Um, you know, I, I'm a little worried about you know you, you, your uh, you, your uh, your love for the what it would be AL Central is uh, is is strong. <laughs> um, three White Sox, four White Sox guys, uh, a Detroit guy, and two of the Minnesota Twins guys. So it's kind of funny, but uh, regardless of it, I think you got some good pieces to rebuild and. You know you're a savvy guy, so that's that's going to show in 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 the season. Now, my question though is: the last couple of years, I've looked at your AAA players. So in 2018, you had five: one, two, three, four, five. Brendan Rodgers, Vladimir Guerrero, Nick Senzel, Eloy uh, Jimenez, and Forrest Whitley. Then the next year, Andrew Vaughn, Forrest Whitley. Then coming to 2020, uh, sorry, that was 2019. 2020, you had Spencer Torkelson. Uh, Andrew Vaughn, uh, Adley Rutschman, and then Alex Kirloff. So some of these guys have stayed with you. You've moved them up and or sold them for a hundred dollars and you know whatnot. Like I don't know. Could you kind of tell us about how you view AAA players and what you see in guys? Because I'll be honest, there's sometimes I don't see why you picked up a guy like in Andrew Vaughn, for example. You had him before he was even you know he was technically still in college, and now it's looking like I mean. It's looking like a great, like, that's amazing play. And you only had to keep him for a year. You could bring him up this year, you know, and if you're, if you're building for next year, he could be in the bigs this year, play, keep him on the triple A. And the next year when you're in it and fighting for, you know, a, you know, a, a playoff spot, he's a great piece to have on a four-year contract. So um, a lot of the stuff you do, I don't get some of the stuff I'm envious of. And then some of the stuff like, you know, keeping Forrest Whitley for as long as you did, you know, that's, that's, that's a tough blow, but you know, that's also another thing that, you know, maybe you can talk a little, a little bit about. But if you don't mind kind of talking about how you look at AAA players and what your, you know, your whole thing is. At yeah, so uh, the way I look at AAA is I think is slightly different from other people. Uh, what I try to use AAA for more than anything else is I try to get people that will tend to come up at the same time so I can sort of build a dynasty, right? Like it, it, we're – I, I want to be contending for four straight years because I've got Vaughn and Torkelson for a dollar each that are $40, $50 in value to me. Um, so I've been trying to time it to make that happen. Uh, Whitley, like, I still think he's got great stuff, but he just kept getting hurt, kept getting hurt, getting hurt. And what I realized from the uh, Adele and um, even Moncada to some extent and some of the hot rookies that come through is, is when they're ranked on the MLB, MILB rankings, what you get is people that are ranked based upon uh, their ability to make it to the bigs and stay on there, which is different from what we want, right? We want the guys that are barely able to hang on for defense but are just smashers. Um, so Andrew Vaughn, I was just reading stories about that kid in college and what he was doing and how he was doing it. And quite frankly, when he was drafted by the Sox, I was like, yes, this is perfect. White Sox have always had great first basemen. Um, they're not afraid to put him there, play him, and just keep him there forever. Um, so that was a, a hit. And then as I was reading about him, every time I start reading about that guy, I'd read about Torkelson, which was a big thing. So that's how I basically got into Torkelson. I thought, hey, man, it's hard to screw up first basemen. So if I can get two first baseman values that are 40, <laughs> 50 bucks, 
anyone can play first base, right? Like, but, but if they got a good enough bat to make it there, that's huge. I mean, it's just massive value for me. Um, and, and that's what it was. I looked for people that were, you know, high impact bats. Even when I drafted the, the catcher, he's the best hitting catcher basically that they've seen probably since um, Maurer. So, you know, he might wind up being another first baseman. Like, I'm just reading about it. Like, if he if he, he's, he seems like he's doing very well and progressing very well for catcher, but, you know, it's a hard position to fill. Um, but what I tried to do is basically get a bunch of people that were very, very good hitters, um, get them on triple A's and time it so I could do a year like this if I had to, right? I don't have to bring him up. I could literally play it either way. If Vaughn comes up and he hits well and I'm in it, I'll bring him up. If not, he could just sit on my bench. I can marinate him. And then that guy might actually be worth 150 bucks next year if he smashes and he's still on a AAA contract. Like, I, I could do something incredibly bizarre with that and uh, make something really special happen. Um, so I, I draft more for projections of hitting top end. Don't care about defense. Um, and that's sort of my my strategy now for the AAA guys. Yeah, that that sounds really good. And you know, I mean, I, just in a year that where a lot of people were taken, and a lot of in twenty twenty where there wasn't too much to go around, I would say, and just to, to have Vaughn and Turkelson, both of them on your team now going into twenty twenty one with Rutschman and uh, I'm sorry, Vaughn you had, but you got Turkelson yeah. and Rutschman. Um, so that's. I think that's really good. I mean, even looking at like, I was looking at my guys the other day and I, I love clinic, so I'm not, you know, going to shoot slight him, but the other guy, it's like four years away. So I was kind of, he's, he's my, uh, you know, I, I don't even know about him. Maybe I should thinking about dropping him, but like, I always look at your triple A guys and I feel like you've got, you pretty, have pretty much good history. Even looking back in 2018, like Vlad, Senzel, Jimenez, those are good guys to have Rogers and Whitley, you know, it's going to happen every once in a while. I mean, so be it. But then the next year, like I said, you had Whitley and Vaughn. Then this year you got, you know, three good guys. So, cool. It's awesome stuff. Yeah, it's, that's a lot of planning there. I'm very impressed that you're able to pull all those strings and kind of foreshadow all those uh, uh, dates for them to come up or kind of years when they're going to be close to. That's a, that's a lot of work there for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll just, I was just going to say, like, the, if you looked at it in 2018, I would, I, I mean, I don't know about Rogers and Whitley, those two, maybe not so much, but uh, Eloy, Sinzel, and a, a, a Vlad Jr., those were all supposed to come up at the same time. And they kind of did, in, in essence, I guess. I guess Vlad was a, a year later, really. And Sinzel and Eloy kind of came up. But um, that, that's, that, that, I mean, that fits the bill right there. Then, you know, you carried over next year, then they come up, and you carried over next year, and then they come up. Yeah. So, so like, so. No, what it is is I'm, I'm trying to build um, cycles, right? So what will wind up happening is I don't know what happens this year, but next year, as long as I hit on two of them, you, you know, I'm going to have extreme value going into next year. And then I, I get to build another run where I, I overspend on starting pitching and they all get hurt. Right? But that, that, that's, that's kind of what I'm looking to do. Now you may overspend on, your, on pitching, but – you nailed the first baseman, so <laughs> you, you you make you you make up for all that what you spend there for sure. <laughs> true. Good stuff, good stuff, Uncle Memo. All right, we will move on to uh, your division picks. So, um, 
We'll start off with uh, Scotty's division of him, Sean, and Gus. Who do you like? Yeah, you could have just stopped at Scotty. I mean, he's the machine. Um, it's just it's just what it is. Actually, don't don't sleep on Sean. I actually think Sean might might pull off the division, but uh, you know, Scotty's going to be always a part of it. So I'll, I'll go Scotty. Okay. Now, just just right. one quick note: he doesn't have bucks in this year, guys. That was his 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 idol. So like now that I've got him, uh, I have I have a shot now, baby. I, I took his power from him. We we sure hope so. We appreciate you taking one for the team there. Uh, I I didn't believe when I saw that trade. I'm like, this can't be true. I'm like, he has to get more than eighteen dollars. But uh, it, it was true. So we do appreciate you trying to take his uh take his uh secret little uh thing that keeps him going. So. I think the word you're looking for is mojo. I took his mojo. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. All right. It's <laughs> a lot better than secret little thing that keeps him going. <laughs> we all can't be the best like you. Sorry, Dom. Yes. I know. All right. <laughs> well, Scotty, uh, real fast though, Scotty does have another secret weapon. He's got Sean. This is like his like yeah, triple A nice team. Get money out of him too. Um, Maddie's division. Uh, Got you can stop, you yes. can stop right there. The, the all hail King Maddie. I love having yeah, him it, on. It's just what it is. There's no way Maddie's going to be unstoppable. I, I, it's so good. All hail King Maddie. All right. I guess he's really the queen compared to Scott. And then uh, your division memo of yourself, Chris, and Ken. Who's uh, I'm going to take 10 seconds on this one. Chris, if you don't win the division this year, it's <laughs> such an extent that I can't possibly mock you anymore. So step up this year, Chris. This is your year. I'm going to pick Chris. Oh, shit. That's funny. All right. Hi, Chris. Yes, always hi, Chris. And then my my division on myself, your boy. You can stop right there. It's the easiest pick in the world. It's all you this year, baby. This is the year you basically bust on through. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I just feel like there's just a, a decent shot for you to basically kind of squirm your way into that, that division. I hope so. I hope you're right. So, uh, you got Scotty's mojo, so. Um, I do have his mojo. Yeah, so. Yeah, it helps us all out, so. I hope so. So, uh, those are the picks, so. And then who do you think are the wild cards coming out of there? Um, as much as it pains me to say it, I, I think Kochanowski's team is, is pretty damn good. Like he's, he's got some stuff and I don't know how they're going to, he'll make the playoffs, he'll make a run and then something will go terribly wrong. Um, I don't know about the other, the other one too. I was thinking about that earlier. Like part of me thinks that, um, PJ will figure it out, but he, he needs to draft so many people. But, like, that's just based upon his experience and what he does. I, I don't know how he does it, but somehow he does it every time. So, you know, maybe I should give him props for it. Um, but, of course, I'm going to pick me. The the three first basemen I wind up having on my team, uh, I'll find a way to sneak it in and uh, wound up battling for it before losing in the second round. All right. I like that. I like that a little. I didn't think you were going to go with yourself and then uh... – you uh, you went with it, so I like it. 
You got you got the mojo, so why not? I've got the mojo, baby. Like, I mean, come on, let's face it. I have his mojo on my bench with a broken tooth right now. I mean, what more can you ask? That's going to be a recurring theme for him on your bench, injured. <laughs> That's not funny, though. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll move on to our uh, topic for the tonight, uh, the juice or unjuice ball, as they're calling it this year. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Uncle Memo? I have to be honest with you. I don't know what to think. I, I, I've been watching some spring training games at work because, you know, I can. And... Um, I can't really tell. I haven't looked about the exit velocity, so I'd be very interested to hear about what you, y'all are saying. Okay, Max, what what do you what are your people telling you about, and what are you seeing with this unjuiced? I think all all I've really heard is it's going to affect home runs by like five to ten feet, and that it's not being used in spring training. So, like Jock Peterson hit two more home runs today. But with, the, with maybe he's hitting with a 2019 ball or 2020, but who knows? I think it's, I think it's ridiculous that the, the MLB who owns Rawlings can't control their ball a little bit more and not change it because it does change the game so much. It's just one of the many frustrating things about, you know, just the MLB in general, in my opinion, is will we have a DH in the NL or won't we? is the playoff going to be extended or not? It just seems like all the rules are, are, you know, whatever the, whatever the owners or players want to negotiate out, or actually just the owners, whatever the owners want to give up to get, to get a little bit more revenue and allow the players to have a little bit more fun on the field. But, you know, it's not like the NBA is saying, you know what, we're going to shrink the rims by a quarter inch for a couple of weeks. And then we're going to extend the rims by a half inch for the playoffs and, or we're going to lift the, we're going to lift the goal, you know, instead of 10 feet, it's going to be 10 feet, six inches. And then we're going to go down to nine feet, eight, eight inches. It's like, I don't understand why baseball is allowed to play around with, you know, key parts of the game so much. I mean, Tom Brady inflate and deflate gate. I mean, it's a big, it was a big deal that you don't mess with the equipment that is used in the game, but baseball seems to choose pick and choose what they do. It wasn't. And that's the other thing. It's like, the ball's not juiced. The ball's not juiced. The ball's not juiced. Oh, yeah, we're going to unjuice the ball this year. So basically, all the time you're telling us it wasn't juiced, it was. And now you're saying you're going to unjuice it a little bit. So it's, again, this is all a game. It's all fun. It's all camaraderie and fellowship with friends. But at the end of the day, I mean, I, I think that the MLB should do its due diligence to have more control and more planning when it comes to. Um, a season, <laughs> and, yeah, a season, not only a season, but like a, a decade of baseball, you know, like you're so upset about, you're so upset about players taking PEDs and, and steroids, but yet you're doing the same thing to the baseball or you're doing the same thing to something else that really affects the winning and the winners and losers, um, when it comes to standings and championships every year. I like it. I like it. Very passionate. Um, I I I hard find it hard to believe that they're really doing this. Um, I I think they're just saying this to get everyone thinking. All right, we're not juicing the ball. 
Uh, we're, you know, we're cutting back on that. We're going to make it a little more less offensive and we're going to have, give the pitchers a little more help. I, I, I don't think so. I think the ball's going to be the same. Um, I think it's the same. I think it's just a publicity stunt for them to try to make it seem like they're trying to change. I don't, why would they want to take homers away? You know, like people like fans, like homers, uh, fantasy baseball loves home runs for the most part. People like scoring. I mean, I just, I don't know why they would want to do that. So I think MLB is just trying to make it seem like they're trying to clean up the game, but they're really not. So that's my thoughts. Yeah. I think what Max said was like, it's kind of true. It's like, why, why do we got to keep messing with the game so much? No one else. You don't see it like hockey. They don't say, oh, by the way, we, we've taken the puck and we've shrunk it by 0.13 centimeters. And we're taking the stick and we're going to do this with it. You know, like, you know, I guess the stick would be kind of like the baseball bat. So maybe that's not a great analogy. But regardless, what Matt said, Max said, I, I agree with a lot. Like, just leave it alone. Stop messing with it. Or you're Major League Baseball and you know, you own Ronlings or you're telling them to make the ball how you want it to just, just do it, I guess. I don't know. But I, I did hear, and I've heard it twice now that certain pitchers are saying that they can dig into the seams a little bit more and it helps with essentially like breaking ball, uh, you know, anything that's going to break, you know, type of breaking pitches or, you know, I, I, um, one that I heard more recently was uh, Blake Snell says his cutter was a little bit better because of it too. So um, the thing was he said that recently and like what Don alluded to and what I've heard for in the past is that essentially the balls they play with in spring training are what's left over from tw- so the previous season and the previous season's playoffs and or world series. Right. right? Now I've also heard mm-hmm. that in the world series, they usually use more of a juice ball. I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> Who knows? Um, again, there we go with baseball, you know, messing with the thing that literally is what we're playing baseball. But I, I don't know. I, I've heard the most simplistic approach is that the ball is going to have less bounce, yet it's going to weigh less. So if you're a hitter that can hit a home run and have good exit velocity or whatnot, home run hitters are not going to have problems hitting home runs, but the, you know, five, six, five, four shortstop that, you know, was hitting 20 home runs the last couple of years, 25 home runs that doesn't really quote unquote have that power. They're probably not going to be hitting home runs and they're going to be hitting doubles, but these doubles really aren't going to bounce and fly out into the outfield. They're more going to hit the ball, stop center fielder is going to be able to pick it up and throw them out from you know, a good distance type of thing. Um, I, I don't know if it's going to affect us in fantasy baseball as much in our league, but I do think we might see OVP go down a little bit. You know, that's just a guess of mine. But otherwise than that, I, I don't know. I just – I'm not really going to pay attention to it. I'm not – I didn't adjust any of my rankings. Um, I guess there were some players that I, I was thinking of, like a Pete Alonzo, for example um, – Vaughn on a memo's team, um, even like a Bobby Abreu, or Bobby Abreu, geez, wow, uh, Abreu, I mean, uh, Jose Abreu, and 
you know, there's a couple guys just come to mind. I don't know who else. Uh, guys, like, you know, who, who probably will maybe not benefit from it, but something that would be good is like, um, what's his name? Matt Olson, Oakland. Dude can just hit home runs like crazy. Like he's hitting a bunch now. Or like Jack Peterson. He's always been a guy who's hit home runs. He's hit, hitting tons of them, like you said, in spring training. Who knows? Maybe they're throwing a couple of these balls in there. So. Well, that's the thing is like, who knows? That's, I know. I, who knows? Is the, right. the, frust- so frustrating. the frustrating thing is like, I wish baseball would just have a, like, just a, a consistent message. Like we want to shorten the game, but we want to increase balls in play. Well, increasing balls in play is going to cause the game to get longer, not shorter. We have a pitch clock that we don't enforce. We allow batters to do whatever they want to do in between pitches. But those are, again, they aren't allowed in the rules. They just allow it on the, in the gameplay. So it's just like, it's just come up with what you want to do and do it. Like, they're talking about removing shifts, which I think would help with balls in play. But again, it would extend the, ga- the length of the game. So if you really want to shorten the length of the game, you'll keep shifts. You'll encourage shifts, defensive shifts. So it's just like, again, just pick a lane, MLB, and stick to it. Like, make a ball, make it consistently, and have it for forever. And then when you change it, be transparent about changing it. And don't change it from the regular season to the postseason. Like, if anything, like, you can't change the rules halfway through the season. Or, or at the and end I of the season, feel like, it's even worse. Yeah. So, again, it's just consistency. And, I mean, that's, I think, some of the biggest headaches about this league is just – changing things on the fly at sometimes and how that can be frustrating, but I get it. It's for the good of the game or it's for the, for the fun of the league or, you know, but, but just, you know, it's one of those things where I love it and I hate it. I love baseball and I hate baseball. And this is one of the many things about baseball that really bothers me is that they can just, they decide what's right and wrong. Juicing is okay until the U S Congress says it's not. Like, and that means like PEDs, you know, it's like, come on. You can't say that you guys didn't know that you, the MLB can't say that they didn't know that was going on. And, you know, just like the juice ball, it's not juiced. It's not juiced, but we're going to unjuice the ball this year. It's for sure. was reading an article on SI and they were just talking about this in the, you know, changing the rules and how maybe that like what you said, Max, maybe they're doing some of this to shorten the game and things like that. But then some guy, I guess that was like, I don't know, a while back. I think it was in the 70s. But he also, someone else did it like earlier in the 90s. They just took a time, like, you know, like a stopwatch essentially of when the pitchers, the, you know, when they, you know, when the inning was over and the pitcher came off the mound and when the batter came up and the other pitcher came on and like the time that takes throughout a game. I mean, you're thinking about it. I mean, it's, it's probably not long. Like, I mean, I was reading it. I was trying to find it right now because I don't remember what it was, but it was something. At least from what I thought, it was like 15 to 20 minutes in a game, in an mm-hmm. entire game. Some of them were even longer. There's a couple of them that were like 30 minutes. And, you know, an over, in a game that goes into, you know, extra innings is definitely longer. But, you know, that's another story. And, like, find a way to shorten that. I mean, you're talking about 15 extra minutes in a game. I know it's not much, but it, if a game goes two hours, you know, well, maybe an hour and 45 minutes is a lot better than two hours. And maybe there's some other things that can be decided in it. Just have the guys get out there quicker. or You know, it, it's just the game is a long game to begin with. And just to try to change it so much, you know, 
all over the place. You want to know what makes the game long? Yeah, that's what commercial breaks. What? Exactly. Commercial breaks make yeah. the game long. Well, playoff games are twice as long as regular season games because of commercial that. breaks. It's all, it's all about money. And they don't, but they, they aren't talking about, oh, we're just going to sell less advertising during the playoffs. They don't talk about that. They talk about, no, we're going to put a runner on second during extra innings. And we're going to only play seven inning double headers. Like, that's changing baseball fundamentally. Yeah. But yet, they're, but yet, you know, we're not going to talk about revenue. We're just, and how revenue can affect the length of the game. We're only going to talk about changing the baseball. Eliminating elim, eliminating defensive practices and putting runners on second. Like let's. Talk I mean, about I mean, things. when Bryce Harper got paid, and you know, if, if if I'm not mistaken, he's kind of like the first one I can think of that got paid like you know a couple hundred thousand. You know, you had Stanton got paid a huge contract, right? Then no one got paid yeah. like that for a couple of years. Then you got then you got um, Harper, right? And then after Harper, mm-hmm. I mean, now everyone's getting paid. You know, three hundred million dollars. I mean, you had Manny Machado, you had um, Mike Trout, you got, you know, um, Tatis, Cole, Cole Bauer. Bauer. It's crazy. There's more money in the game. And I understand owners are making money, but you, sorry, they're the owners of the game. They're, they're, that's what they do. I, I mean, I'm not going to – everyone keeps crying, oh, the owners aren't making money. I'm sorry, they're billionaires. That's what they do. They make billions of dollars. So, you know, so what? But, you know, players are getting paid too now. And – I know not everyone. You still got a Yasuo Puig out there and other things like that. But, but players are getting paid. So, you know, that TV revenue is going to those guys. Some of it is anyways. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's not what I'm upset at. It's just the rules. Yeah, I know. Changing I'm just the rules, but, you know. I mean, we could talk about – We could talk about – Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Real estate down uh, That was uh, interesting points and, you know – Agreed, and I think of the the big major sports. I think baseball definitely is seems always to be behind the other ones. You know, you know, it sucks. I it's for like technology, and then just some of the rules and thinking is just and their uh, holiness, and you know, the Hall of Fame, and not letting these guys in, and this and that, and these sports writers. It's just, I it's just. There's things that it's I disagree with, but again, uh, we shall see uh, what the home run totals are at the end of the season. If there's really that big of a difference, uh, oh, I yeah. know somebody who's going to hit he's, forty he of them. Homers for breakfast, man. He hits homers. No, he's talking about Matt Chapman. Well, yeah, yeah, he has well, two guys. A Rosarina might do it too. Plus, he's all his all field studs, so. It's, it's gonna be a lot of taters on that team, for sure. Yeah, there's gonna be yeah. no shortage of taters tater. on that team for sure. All right, um, it's good podcast, fellas. Uh, Memo, uh, I like to wrap it up before we wrap it up. Do I want to wrap it up before I wrap it up? I always wrap it up yes. before I wrap it up. Uh, I wasn't want to say that the. the... <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> we might have to edit that one out. Sorry. Uh, the Tam- Tom, the new Tomomansky baseball. Uh, thanks you very much for having me on the podcast. Uh, thank you so much. Oh, oh my god! Paying for that, huh? Uh, you know what? If he's going to abandon it, I don't know. We're going to talk about it. It'll be interesting. There needs to be some uh, conversation there. 
for sure. I, I don't know. I don't know if, if, if it's if it's just left on the side of the road. You're saying it's. Uh, I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to pick that up. Right. You know. I, right. Yeah, I mean, if, if it's, I, I think if it's, if it's, if it's just, if it's discarded, why not? You can pick it up. I mean, I, I can't believe we're going to have that name again. I really. <laughs> I really hated that name, but uh, so what? So I figure if I could take Sean's mojo, combine it with Scotty's mojo, I've got some pretty good mojo. Mm, I like where you're thinking. I like where your head's at. Well, thanks again, Memo, uh, for making some time and uh, coming on tonight. Uh, Max, any final thoughts? No, just looking forward to next, I guess next weekend. Be fun, no matter how we, no matter how we do it. It's Maddie, fun. looking forward to it. Final thoughts. I but I wanted I wanted to come. I, you always talk about it as my Christmas, and I think the last couple of years it's it's been the farthest from that. It's more and more just a a challenge for this to happen. And I know it's not been easy the last two years, you know, this year and last year, but it's I don't know. It's it's. I like doing it one way, and I, I think some people in the league, I told that to today, and, and I like doing it one way because that's the way I like doing it. And everyone has a different way they like doing it, and I think I might be on the outside of that more so than, than the rest of the league um, as far as the draft goes. I like it you know, more so than you know, a group of friends get it together. I like it because I like fancy baseball. I like being you know, competitive in this league and things like that. So um, – I might have to, you know, sit back and take a look at myself and see if that is exactly what I want to be going forward in this league. But um, like Max said, we'll see how it goes. We're going to do a test run on a Zoom thing. And if it works and everyone likes it, then we'll do it. And if it doesn't and no one likes it, then we won't. We have the Yahoo to back us up. So we'll see how it goes. And um, uh, no, regardless, we're going to have a draft on March 20th at 6.50. 6 p.m. Um, probably start a little bit after that just to make sure everyone's ready to go and we'll draft some teams. So I am looking forward to it though, regardless. I am. Good, good. And uh, I will be making my final franchise all four of them by Saturday unless Gus comes, cops me a few dollars to get those answers early. So that'd be <laughs> awesome. So Gus. I, I I can't. I want Gus to do it. I want just to pay you a dollar fantasy or two dollars, like both of you to yes, get it. That'd be it great. Would be awesome. So, uh, yeah, I know. It's great use of that money, Jordan. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but you know it'll be peace of mind. He's paying for peace of mind to know or before Saturday. So you know he's his prep work. But uh, <laughs> hopefully this next year, um, God willing, we'll be able to go back some normalcy with the draft and you know go back to how you kind of like it and that or just maybe find a a happy medium for everyone and that so but you know it's times you know we've learned over the year that you know gotta be patient and you know we gotta step out of our comfort zone and we gotta do things to do things so um that's just this Saturday is going to be one of those. And like you said, hopefully um, we'll do some tests and see how it goes. And if it, it works well and we'll do it, if not, we'll do the online one and we'll have a season. So 
we always make it work, buddy. And, uh, yeah, we'll have some beers and you can tell us how bad we drafted afterwards. So that tradition will never change. So regardless <laughs> of that tradition will never change. So, all right, buddy. So until then, everyone continue to stay safe and stay classic.